Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name's Andrew, and um, I'll be hosting um, service this morning. Uh, if it's your first time with us, uh, a really warm welcome. It's great to have you here, and um, we hope you enjoy your time with us today. Um, in a little while, I'll be handing over to Christine who'll be, and the band who will be leading us um, in sung worship this morning. Uh, if you have anything that you'd like to contribute um, throughout the service, please do come to the front and speak to myself or Andrew, um, who's a responsible elder this morning, and we'll um, chat that through and find a place for that to um, go into the service and also get you to use the microphone so everyone can hear um, what it is that you want to bring. And what, um, if you have uh, children or young people, uh, from school, from age zero to school years nine. Then after a few songs, Christine will um, let you know when it's time for them to go downstairs. If you go out of the door to the far side over there and follow the crowd, you'll find the right place um, for your different age groups. Um, yeah, that's it. I will hand over to Christine, and Rob will be preaching a little while later as well. Thanks, Andrew. We visited Bristol yesterday. And on the way back on the M4, there was a medical emergency. I don't know what it was, but we all ground to a halt and we sat there for quite a long time. The man in front of us got out of his car and got his newspaper out of the boot to read. After a little bit, we started to move off and there was a car in the middle lane. And Roger said, oh, he can't start his car. But as we drove past, he was asleep. This morning, you don't want to be like that man who was asleep. We're all moving on, moving into God's presence. Be with us.
seem dark you are with us when things are good you're with us then as well and we thank you for that we just want to praise you this morning
children, the young people, and all those who are with them, helping them. Pray that they may know your presence and your freedom, your love, and your joy this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
In der Stierabore, an der Masora Hadi, in der Mohuria Bahala Baho, in der Masora Banda, in der Machaya Laboho, Niarabore Bedibarande, und der Massiva Handa Bohore, in der Bayera Horaba. And a mosola baharabo, and a maherabo suri, and a masora baharabo hora, and a maha, and a bahanda labo. Thank you, Father. Uh, if you're not sure what that is, that's a gift, what's called the gift of tongues in the Bible. It's where God gives another language to someone to express delight and worship and pray to him. And then when we fall publicly, we expect there to be an interpretation to that. And so you may be stirring with that interpretation. You may be saying, yeah, I feel, I know what that is. We think it's generally God would. That's what we expect. If you're stirring that, please come forward now. And uh, uh, so everybody can hear, bring that interpretation for us. there's more than one interpretation Pam um, feels like she's got something from God as well to interpret that so Pam oh Lord my God you are mighty you are strong to save you are always with us there is nothing that cannot be defeated by you you are mighty Lord you are sitting you are sitting Jesus at the right hand of the throne of God and we are sitting there with you 
We are more than conquerors because we have you. So lift up your heads, lift up your heads and see where the Lord is sitting and you are sitting there with him. So when you look at your problems, you are looking from a place of victory and he loves you with such a love that he puts you beside him in heaven and everything that you are afraid of, your anxiety of, have been put under his feet and you are there with him. You serve a mighty God. you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. 
those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear. God, we thank you for how you've been speaking to us um, this morning. And I pray as we go into another song that we'll just be reminded of your greatness, your great love, your great compassion for us, Lord. And I pray that you'll draw us closer to you, um, closer into relationship, into devotion, and into our lives, following and honoring you, Lord. Um, thank you, Jesus. Amen. going to sing you give life is that the right one or did you want i give up give you all the, uh, okay we'll go with i give you all the honor <laughs>
contribution, Katie's going to come and share a picture that um, has been given to her. Hi. I've got a picture of um, Jesus actually here. And we're forming an orderly queue. And he's talking to us individually. And he knows everything about us. He's calling us by name individually. And he's saying, I know what you're going through. Even the smallest detail, even things that you've not shared with your husband and wife, I know what you're going through, and I'm here for you, and I'm standing with you. And I've just had a picture of him spending loads of time with us individually, and we're all waiting, and we don't mind waiting, and we'll wait as long as it takes. But he's speaking to us individually about the most important things in our lives to us. It might not be important to anybody else, but it's important to us. And he wants to minister his love to those issues that you're just thinking about. Thank you, Katie. Uh, if anything that's been brought this morning has kind of resonated with you and you want prayer for it, there'll be an opportunity later in the service for you to um, chat to someone, pray with someone. So please do take that up. Um, Later on, I'm now going to hand over to Ian, who's going to share something on Cat's Money Course. And thank you to the band and Christine. Thank you, Andrew. Um, I think many of you will know that um, there's a team based here in, uh, in the Maltings. Many of them are members of the Harvest Church who um, run some of the, the different uh, Christians Against Poverty, known as CAP. Uh, programs. There's a CAP Debt Centre, uh, there's a CAP Job Club, uh, Fresh Start, which came out of CAP, is, uh, is run with team of people from here. And all of those are great ways of connecting with our local community and serving our local community and getting to know people in the local area and help them in real practical ways. Um, so one of the things that, that CAP um, has developed is a course to help people manage their money better. It's not intended for people who are in debt crisis or people who are on low income. It's a course which is designed for anybody who wants to better manage their finances. Whether you're a student, whether you're a multimillionaire, whether you're a retired person, it's suitable for you. And so we're looking to run the CAP Money course here um, in, uh, in the Maltings here. And uh, before we go out to the wider community in Alton, we want to get familiar with all of the course materials and learn how it works. And so we want to run a money course for people who are part of our family here. Um, and so um, what we're looking for is between six and eight people who could sign up to be part of the first money course that we run. It'll be run on two Saturdays, uh, I think the 2nd and the uh, 9th of March from 10 till 12.30, so that's two, two and a half hour sessions. Obviously, it's completely confidential. Um, it'll give you help with understanding kind of what type of person, financial personality you are, um, practical help on how to build a budget, ways of balancing your budget, uh, some tools to help you deal with money issues, 
and then some work on planning the next steps for you. We're not financial advisors. It'll be run the first course by myself and Alistair, who's going to wave his hand there. It's, we're not financial advisors. I'm not the next Martin Lewis or anything like that. Um, but hopefully we can give practical tools. And so we're really looking for people to come and join the course. And that might be because you want to manage your own finances better, or it might be you want to support this because you think it's a really good way of helping people in the community with what is a massive issue for many, many people. So please think about it. We're looking for six or eight people to sign up. There's some leaflets on the table over there which gives you the dates and how to sign up. The sign-up's by a Steve, who's going to stand up here and wave, by phone, by email. But if you want to know more as well, please talk to Alistair or myself or Steve afterwards. And, uh, and please pray that this first course will go well for us. So thanks very much. It's completely free. No, it's, com it's, it's completely free. Uh, completely free and completely confidential. So you don't have to disclose any of your personal finances um, at all. You may want to, but you don't have to. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Ian. It's really important, and uh, thanks for sharing that with us, and I hope people do take the opportunity to get involved. Uh, my name is Rob, I'm part of the leadership team here, and uh, this morning, want to be looking at the next step in our series, and this is stepping out into freedom from performance, freedom from the need for any approval except God's approval. Let's just pray for a second. Father, just as we come before you now, Lord, we pray that you will challenge us through your word, Lord. You will enable us, Lord, to understand more about you, and you will enable us, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit to be changed, Lord, to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I hope you've been enjoying our current series on stepping in, stepping up, and stepping out. And I thought we'd start today with just a few questions for us to ponder. So the first question, have you ever tried to impress someone by the way you spoke? Now I was brought up in Essex, and I felt quite conscious about the way I spoke as I grew up as a teenager and even more so when I moved schools to go to Guildford in Surrey. Everybody seemed to speak so differently in Guildford. And I noticed that I was beginning to change the way I spoke to try to fit in, and even more so when I passed 11 plus and I was, went off to a grammar school, it took me quite a while to fit into that sort of environment. Partly because I was surprised that I'd actually got a place at grammar school, but more about the way I spoke. But eventually I began to accept that it wasn't necessary to try to impress other students or teachers, but just to be myself in the way I spoke. So the next question really is, have you ever tried to impress somebody by what you did? Maybe talking about things you didn't know much about, or trying to impress others by something you have. And I remember looking back when I was a teenager, I was quite into my football, and I needed a new pair of football boots. And I went into Guildford High Street, and there was a little sports shop up there, and I thought, I need something special, something really good. 
so I can play better. I went with my own money and saw a new type of boot that for some reason was reduced in the sale, probably because nobody wanted them. But anyway, I saw this boot and it had Jeff Hurst's name on the side of it. And it was dark green leather, it was really different. It wasn't black like most football boots. I thought, I need those boots. And I thought that would impress my friends and it would help me play better as well. In actual fact, it didn't impress my fans, well, my friends, as they were the first time they'd seen these boots and they weren't black and they thought, well, what are they about? And it certainly didn't make me play any better. Trying to impress. And thirdly, have you ever tried to impress someone by exaggerating your actual knowledge or your achievements? I grew up with someone who always had to have the best of everything, even if it meant saving up for a long time before he could afford things. The best tennis racket, the best car when he grew older, the best golf clubs. Interestingly, he wasn't trying to show off but he wanted to be able to perform at his best. In every area of his life, he wanted and he desired perfection. He was never, ever satisfied with anything, really. It was always, it could be better. And he actually never changed. He carried on like that. Are you someone who is always seeking to be perfect? Perhaps someone who always seeks something more. A perfectionist in certain ways, maybe not every area of life. And maybe your best never quite seems enough. See, I was also quite a perfectionist when I was a teenager. And of course, I knew that I was always right, whatever anybody else said. And I could argue about anything with anyone. So why do we sometimes act like this with people around us? Do we want to just impress them? Do we want to just show them how great we think we are. Sometimes it's the opposite. It's because we feel inferior. We feel we've got to do something to actually impress people. Is it just a natural thing that people do? And today I would say there's even more pressure from social media, with the internet. Millions of people are seeking approval of others. They don't feel worthy. They don't have a high self-esteem. They don't feel that other people appreciate them. And then, of course, they discover an instant platform online to demonstrate how marvellous they are, and they seek approval from thousands, if not millions of people, as they post their wonderful pages, showing wonderful images, and writing about how wonderful their life is, and it's all just a facade. It's not real. Most of it isn't even true. We can be so easily drawn into that world of a desire for human approval, even when we know the Lord. So I want to just sort of think today and consider how can we be set free from this need for human approval? How can we deepen our relationship with our Father in a way that shows we are constantly walking in step with him and we are constantly pleasing him? Friends, we have to make that decision. First, we have to decide whose approval are we going to seek. Is it other people's approval or is it God's approval? Are we going to live for what other people think or say or what our Lord thinks and says? 
We probably all know we can't do both. It doesn't work. But the amazing thing is that God has provided the way for us to live with him in a wonderful way through the Holy Spirit. He has provided a way forwards, out of, and away from the path that most people walk on. We have a different path to walk, a way of freedom, a path that is straight and true, a path that leads us into an amazing relationship with the Lord that can never be equaled and actually can never be measured. But when we think about it, even in seeking God's approval, we can hit a problem. Even with God, we can start to play that game of trying to impress. Trying to impress God and putting ourselves under huge pressure to be better, to be perfect even. Forgetting that God is the only one who is perfect. Deuteronomy verse sorry, chapter 32, verse 4, tells us that God is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. And we know in our hearts that there is no one, no one like our Heavenly Father. He is without fault. He cannot sin, and he can only accept us through his son's sacrifice. Am I seeking to enjoy my daily walk with God so that I can serve him and honour him? Or do I sometimes seek approval elsewhere? It's really amazing when we look in God's word and look at the way Jesus was in terms of approval in his life. He never let someone else's approval or a fear of rejection control him. Jesus was never out to prove how popular he was. He never needed other people's opinions to validate himself. Jesus was never manipulated by crowds or by the approval or the disapproval of people who had some kind of authority or power. He lived for an audience of one. John chapter 5, verse 30 says, I tried to please the one who sent me. That's a word for all of us, isn't it? We want to please the one who has brought us into his kingdom. So when we have the mind of Christ, that's what we need to do. To live for God. To please God. And we need to please him in every area of our lives. So it takes us to be a bit honest about this, doesn't it? How do we behave towards God? Are we sometimes still seeking to impress God in worldly ways. And usually we think, no, of course not, that wouldn't be me. But there are little things that creep in. Little things that begin to grow in our lives where we are perhaps beginning to want to impress God rather than actually worship and serve him. Do we seek approval from God when we know that he has shown us things that we need to put right and we have ignored his voice? 
maybe ignores his, his voice through our own pride, maybe through past failures, maybe just because we are struggling in life and struggling with God our Father. And sometimes are we just going through the motions so we can appear to be righteous when we know there's a lot to be done. So be warned. There are verses in the Bible that warn us about how we should behave in our relationship with God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus warns us, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And God's word also tells us we can't please everybody. Luke 16, verse 13 says, No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. We can't serve anybody except God, our Father. We have to make that decision. Whose approval are we going to seek? Whose approval are we going to live by? Are we going to live for God's approval or for other people's approval or even a mixture of the both? Are we going to live for what other people think and say or what God our Father shows us? We have choices to make. The big choice is we can choose his way or we can choose our own way. The church leader put this very clearly. The approval of God is not earned but received. It doesn't come to you on the basis of merit but on the basis of mercy. A life of ministry does not flow from an attempt to win the approval of God. It does flow from the joy of receiving his approval through Jesus Christ our Lord. I believe that God wants us to recognise and remember three important things today so we can be assured of his approval and continue to experience his love day by day. The first is, God says we are accepted. I am accepted. Each of us is accepted. Those who know him are his children. Each of us is a child of God. Verse 12 of John chapter 1 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. People will see our Father in us because we are God's children. We are God's children. We can say and believe, I am God's child. And because I am God's child, I have nothing to prove. And wonderfully, I can live fully in his acceptance. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 says, For he chose in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. God chose you and me in spite of who we were. Even though we were not good enough, he chose us. 
God has taken us into his family forever. God never changes his mind. Even when we go astray, God is there for us. No one can question us about who my heavenly father is because we are legally his through Christ. Our adoption into his family is permanent. We are God's children forever. Isn't that exciting? That we belong to our father and no one, nothing, can take that away from us. Secondly, I am secure. God says, we are secure in Christ. I am secure in Christ. You are secure in Christ. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, we have been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We don't live in fear. The Father looks at us and sees us through his Son. We don't have to depend on our own resources. We never have to try to achieve anything in our own strength. Jesus is the one who empowers us. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, not will be, is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they would be like his glorious body. <laughs> we are declared then as citizens of heaven, the most wonderful place. And our citizenship can never, ever be revoked. And thirdly, God says, we are significant. You and I are significant. We are God's workmanship. And he has created us to do good works. That doesn't mean just nice works. That means works which are in him. Verse 8 in Ephesians 2 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are saved then by God's grace. But even more than that, he has created us in Jesus to do good works. He has created us according to his design. And it's incredible, isn't it? We can trust God because he never, ever makes mistakes. And people can actually see his creation in us. God chose us. He chose you and me. You and I have been appointed and chosen to bear fruit through him. In fact, we are designed to produce his fruit. We each have a purpose in our lives that is God-given. And we can approach God with freedom and confidence. Ephesians 3 verse 12 says, In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Therefore, we don't have to work our way into God's presence. We can be totally confident in God's love for us. There is nothing, nothing at all, that can stop us enjoying our relationship with the Lord. 
So let's just conclude. John Bloom, who's the co-founder of a website called Desiring God, says this. You are free to fight imperfectly. You are free to fight imperfectly. You don't have to be perfect to actually fight for the Lord. He says, God is calling us to the wonderfully refreshing experience of getting our eyes off of ourselves and how we're measuring up and fixing our eyes onto Jesus. Jesus wants us to stop pursuing or being paralyzed by perfectionism so we are free to pursue love and pursue trusting him with all of our hearts. And if perfectionism has an inordinate influence on us, God will mercifully design circumstances to defeat our best efforts to fight sin successfully until we learn where our freedom really comes from. In Christ, we are free. We are free to follow Jesus, even if it's imperfectly. Perfectionism is a ponderous weight we must lay aside in the race of faith. God doesn't want us to focus on performing perf perfectly. He wants us to focus on living out a childlike, dependent faith through authentic acts of love. You see how he's turned all around in terms of it isn't about how much we can try to be perfect, how good we are, how wonderful we are. It is simply about childlike, dependent faith through authentic acts of love. Friends, God wants each of us to know his love, his strength, and his peace, and to live in his grace. He doesn't want us to be seeking approval elsewhere. He wants us to be walking step by step with him. And it's our privilege to be able to walk so closely with him simply because he loves us. Why don't we stand and pray and we can just come before the Lord and seek him. And stand. Father God, it's so easy for us to get things wrong with you. We think we're on the right path and we think we're doing really well and then we realise that actually we're trying to walk in our own strength. We're trying to do things in our own way. We sometimes even appear to think we're more better, well, better than you to actually achieve what you desire. Father, we seek your forgiveness for when we have behaved in that wrong way. We come before you to say we are sorry. We seek your forgiveness for the way in which we have behaved. We actually thank you, Lord, that we are not perfect, that we can actually be acceptable to you just as we are. But you also want to change us through your power, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. And we ask that you would continue to work in each of us so that we can be more and more like you, simply because you love us. Help us, Lord, to serve you, to bless you, to honour you in all that we do, and to put you first. Let us not be stupid or senseless in terms of the way we see ourselves, the way we see ourselves through your eyes. In the name of Jesus we pray.
Amen. Do take seat. The band are going to come and lead us in worship song just to follow on from there. Before I do that, I just had a word as I was um, working on this preach. And I'll just read it to you because I wrote it down because I feel it believes it is somebody here. I think that somebody here today has been trying hard, trying hard to achieve something important that they believe God wants for them, but for some reason it hasn't happened. And I felt God saying, not yet. Not until you are ready in his eyes. You may think you're ready, but it's what he sees, what God sees. He will tell you when. He always knows the best timing and the best place for you. He hasn't let you down. He simply wants the best for you. And if you do want to come and uh, talk about that afterwards, I'll be around and we can pray together. Let's just worship God now. Let's stand and declare some of the truths that Rob has spoken about as we sing. Who am I that the highest king will welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Chosen, I am chosen, not 
service to an end in a few moments but um, throughout today God's been speaking to us in lots of ways through words and tongues and through what Rob brought if um, you need prayer for any of that or like prayer for any of that and there will be people available to my right over the side by this blue wall um, at the end so please do go and get prayer for, the, for that or with someone near you that you came with um, yeah please don't go um, today without getting prayer if um, yeah something's touched you and you you feel that you need that. Um, I've got a couple of uh, notices and things going on to let you know about. First of all is an exploring membership course, uh, which will be on Sunday the 25th of February during the service here, um, uh, or during the time of the service here. It's an opportunity to just explore what being a part of Harvest Church um, means, um, find out a bit more about us, if you are uh, planning on going to that or getting involved in that, please let us know so that we can get some information to you ahead of that um, and make the, the time together on that morning um, much more valuable. You have some information in advance um, to be able to think about and then discuss um, with those that are hosting that session. Uh, if it's your first time with us today, then hopefully as you came in, you were given a welcome pack, these bright yellow packs. Uh, within that is a welcome card. Um, it's just a great way for you to fill in some information so that we can get to know you a little bit better. Um, you can find out about us and how we can, uh, and we can find out how we can help you um, get to know us and anything that you have there. Um, they can go into the uh, offering, uh, on the offering table as a place for those. And that's also where there's some sign-up sheets for the membership course. So if you pop your names down on there or fill in the card, Someone will get back in touch with you and give you some more information on those. Uh, 
that is it from this morning. Um, please, got a couple of minutes to, until quarter two, so please um, go and collect your children uh, promptly after this. And teas and coffees and refreshments are out in the cafe. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week. <laughs>